what are your goals for your business and the ownership of your business over the next three to five to, to 10 years? Mm-hmm. And then backing into the action steps you need to take to meet those objectives. Uh, because there are so many different options for a business liquidity and exit, uh, it takes time to understand on the front end, not only what's out there, but what's most important to you and how your business can succeed ultimately without your involvement, how it can benefit from the capital and expertise of an outside investor. Welcome to the Sound of Automation, brought to you by Clayton and McCurdy, CPAs for growth-driven businesses. Hello and welcome to the Sound of Automation. I'm Brian Perosic with Clayton McCurvey and joining me today is Emma Gergen of Carlson Capital. Emma, how are you doing today? I'm good, Brian. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Well, so we're going to be covering a topic we've touched on in the past, but just maybe from a little bit different angle uh, in, in terms of uh, you know some of the private equity that's out there available to help business owners grow their business and, and coming from you know the, the family office side of things, which is maybe a topic that that some of the business owners haven't heard of yet. So uh, before we jump into that, though, I guess, can you just give me a quick introduction to yourself and Carlson Capital? Yeah, for sure. Happy to do so. And, and feel free to stop me along the way here if I need to uh, uh, explain any of the acronyms or otherwise. I, I, sure. I certainly have done the same with businesses that we're looking to invest in multiple times <laughs> over. Uh, so I have a traditional accounting and finance background. I, I started my career in the audit practice at Deloitte. Um, and then it went into an investment banking and then at a traditional middle market private equity firm. Um, I also have a family business background and I'm the member of a fourth generation electrical distribution company that my great grandfather started in, in 1919. And so it's that family business ownership that has really helped me develop a sensitivity towards stewardship and continuing the legacy of a business starting from a founder. And then the approach that we have at Carlson Private Capital is a combination of the strengths of my private equity investing background, along with the flexibility and long-term perspectives and the legacy sensitivities enabled by a single family investor in the Carlson family. So we we really take a view that business is a force for good. We're mindful of growing businesses to generate returns, but also very focused on serving our customers, serving our employees, and serving our communities. Uh, The Carlson Private Capital Platform started about five years ago now, and it's myself and a team of of nine dedicated investment professionals that uh, represent the direct investing arm of the Carlson family office. And we were approached by the Carlson family with the desire to help the family get back to their roots of investing in growing middle market companies and provide a solution to family and founder-owned businesses, really in the form of professional family capital that isn't readily available in the market today. So from a blocking and tackling perspective, we're looking for businesses that typically have uh, $5 million in EBITDA for a platform investment. Mm -hmm. And then we combine the professional skill sets of a private equity lens with the long-term orientation and flexibility of the single family capital base with the Carlson family, and really focused on supporting management teams who are looking to facilitate the transition of a founder or accelerate growth and oftentimes embark on an M&A strategy for the first time. Excellent. So yeah, and and I think that, you know, um, at least in my conversations with business owners, you know, um, there's there's a bit of a stigma about outside 
money, right? That uh, I think everybody's got the <laughs> the visions of the 1980s and private equity coming in and buying things up and breaking them up. And uh, that's not necessarily the the case today. But I, I guess to to maybe set the stage for some of the folks who might not be as familiar with it, can you just kind of discuss the, you know, private equity and, and how that all works and, and kind of, um, you know, how, how the different types that are out there and how that might, you know, come into play for a business owner. Yes, for sure. So, because it's, it's a, it's a, it could be an overwhelming market, just, just like any new market. And there's a lot of nuances to it. Uh, generally speaking, there's a wide spectrum of investors in private businesses. So there are angel, individual angel investors or small groups who do seed stage, early stage investing, through the startup phase into growth equity capital and then traditional large buyout funds. Mm -hmm. So shapes and sizes and personalities are different across all of those spectrums. There's a handful of categories that I think through when evaluating from a perspective of a business owner, what different type of investor I may be looking for. One is the stage of the investment. So a fund that's focused on um, a business stage is typically characterized by the level of profits in the business. So private equity usually implies some level of profitability, anywhere from a couple million dollars in EBITDA all the way up to, you know, 50, 100, 200 million dollars plus in EBITDA. The earlier the stage, those are typically referred to as lower middle market investors mm -hmm. to the larger stage, which typically get characterized, at least in the private equity space, as your traditional leverage buyout or LBO model. Yep. So that's the stage that's important to consider. Then there's a sector focus. So some firms are generalists like ours. From an industry perspective, they will invest across industries. Some focus on a specific industry. And depending on what you're looking for, you may care more or less about that focus. Mm -hmm. The other element is size. So different fund sizes, the size of the actual fund, will dictate the amount of capital that they're going to allocate to each individual deal. So mm -hmm. some might focus... Um, on a check side that's smaller on minority investments, and some may want only control majority investments. Some may be interested in supporting growth capital for a particular initiative, and some want a liquidity event for the ownership at 100% or less than 100%. So the size of the fund and the strategy of the fund from that perspective is a, is a point of difference between funds. And then, you know, the last one that I would highlight and probably the most one of the most important is I've characterized it as engagement level, but mm -hmm. firms vary in their level of operational engagement with companies post-investment. Everything from very involved, you know, weekly conversations, daily conversations, maybe we'll even step in in a management role at some point, all the way to very hands-off, you know, maybe quarterly board conversations that are a couple of hours or even less than that potentially. So um, there's a really wide spectrum of different strategies and different segmentations out there in the private equity world. Yeah, you know, and, and I think when I talk to clients about this, you know, it's it's similar to most things in business, right? Private equity, whichever, wherever you fall on that spectrum is a tool. And depending on the depending on the situation and the facts and circumstances to each, you know, individual business owners, maybe it's the right tool, maybe it's not, but it's it's something that uh, business owners at least need to think about and consider, you know, as they're as they're seeing challenges in their business, you know, I've, hey, I've got this great opportunity to take advantage of, I just don't have the capital to do it. And if I could get the capital, you know, I could I could exponentially grow my business. 
Um, or similarly, you know, we see some business owners who uh, perhaps they've grown the business to a point where they've they've grown it to the point where they could retire, but they still have 10 years to, you know, to, to go. And so maybe it's an option for them to take some chips off the table uh, and, and bring somebody else in. And so now it's kind of it's kind of securing some of that growth that you've you've made over the years and and now you're shifting some of the risk off to you know to a third party so there's there's a lot of different ways to look at it and so i i like kind of how you laid all that out because um i think it's important for business owners to know that not all private equity is the same and and they have different objectives and different goals and um and so when you get approached to think about that it's not it's not a bad thing it's there's right, yeah. There's no one size fits all, um, which is actually a really good thing because then yep. as owner, you can, um, it may take a little bit of time, but you can find perhaps exactly what you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. And so let's, so given that, you know, let's, let's kind of dive down into, into the family capital side, because I, to me, it's a very interesting option, you know, especially given the the business owners I work with, you know, small to mid-sized manufacturers, you know, engineers who've grown this business from day one to wherever it is. So they they take a lot of pride in these businesses. They want to make sure that their employees taken care of, their legacy is taken care of. So I understand where some apprehension comes in to bringing somebody in uh, to, to kind of help with the growth. But I think that's where, you know, family capital almost kind of matches up with that, that legacy, uh, that desire to retain legacy. Uh, so how how best do you see family capital fitting in with business owners? Yeah, and thanks for teeing it up like that because I get I got so excited when I, when I heard what the Carlson family wanted to do with our platform because for me it married my professional investing experience as a traditional PE investor mm-hmm. with the family business sensitivity that I've had from growing up with my grand great grandfather, my grandfather starting this company that you know I, I just feel an intense sense of stewardship and legacy association with and and to be able to have a platform and bring that to other business owners has just been really personally exciting. But I would say, as you think about the family capital landscape, if you meet one family office, you know, you've met one family office and and family offices are as different as the families that they represent. Mm -hmm. And 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 so just that that's another nuance of the whole model. And, And we're seeing more and more family offices that have direct investing business similar to to ours, which is a great option. You know, thinking about where the capital comes from is helpful because the biggest difference between family capital and private equity uh, funds is that the capital comes from, in a private equity fund, comes from limited partners, typically, and we call those LPs, Mm -hmm. they're typically pension funds, high net worth individuals. They are all signing up to a fund's investment strategy beholden to a legal agreement with the LP that um, that they use to form um, the fund and, and enables them to deploy capital within a certain period of time, sell that sell those businesses within a certain time, and realize liquidity for those limited partners at the highest possible return, period. Mm-hmm. That's their goal. And that's and they do a really great job of that. And there are some really great sponsors. Um, our ma- mandate as a family capital provider for the Carlson family is also to generate returns. Uh, but one of the huge benefits of being part of the Carlson family office is that our investing doesn't have to be only about the dollars and cents. Mm-hmm. We're very much focused on the employees and the communities. 
you know, the Carlson family has a longstanding tradition of civic engagement in the Midwest. And the fiduciary responsibility we have to the family is to generate returns, but also to get back to the communities, to find ways to help the employees and offer all the benefits of a traditional private equity firm in terms of the ability to add value and help the businesses to grow, uh, but provide a lot of attributes that the traditional private equity firm cannot, one of which is the, the, long, the length of the hold period. Um, and then a lot of these legacy and stewardship related conversations that we that we can have yep. with the businesses that's different. Yeah, you know, and I don't think that, um, you know, like you mentioned, even even on the private equity side, right, it, it depends on the fund and the and the objectives of it and the investors in it. And so, yes, you could find a very uh, growth focused fund and that's the that's going to be the priority. And, and those are the questions that the business owner wants to ask, you know, and understand if they're considering any sort of outside investment is to, to really understand who they're they're trying to partner with. Um, but but as you kind of mentioned there, that that longer investment horizon, you know, for for the the family capital, um, you know, and it's it's a smaller group, right? It's you're not you don't have as many investors. You're trying to uh, to meet their expectations. So so some of those decisions can maybe be a little bit easier. Again, it's it's hard to compare, you know, to conceptual private equity groups, but. Um, but but there's the tendency there that that you could see a little bit of that. So um, no, and that's and and I feel like it's a great option for a lot of the clients that that we work with because you know they're they're very family invested anyway. Similar similar to your family business, right? That it's um, you know husband and wife who start up the business and they grow it to what it is and. You know, they want to make sure their people are taken care of and, and they're, they've got somebody that's, you know, got similar values and similar objectives. So that's great. So um, I guess in your experience, because you, you've kind of worked on, you know, a lot of different sides of, of this industry, the, the private equity industry. What do you have any advice for business owners who are considering partnering with a financial sponsor? Yeah, you know, I think um, what you described around a business owner's ability to find a solution for their needs is is a good framework to think about from the onset. You know, what are your what are your goals for your business and the ownership of your business over the next three to five to, to ten years? Mm -hmm. And then backing into the action steps you need to take to meet those objectives, uh, because there are so many different options for a business liquidity and exit, uh, it takes time to understand on the front end, not only, you know, not only what's out there, but what's most important to you and how your business can succeed ultimately without your involvement, how it can benefit from the capital and expertise of an outside investor before you start a process and before yep. you, before, you know, you need it. Um, and starting building that network of trusted advisors and individuals early just to connect just to be able to collect as much information as possible and perspectives to guide that decision making, I think is a is a really is a really good tool to think about using. Yeah, you know, and we've we've had a lot of conversations recently with clients, uh, kind of to the effect. Even you know, it's it's funny because if you're walking into a conversation and and the business owner says. Yeah, I'd like to sell next year. Well, you're, it's already too late. You know, we've there's a right. lot of work that can be done up front. 
Um, and so we've we've had some conversations with clients who are nowhere near that transaction and saying, look, we, we know you're not ready for sale. You're not, you still got 15 years of running the business for it. But let's start having those conversations now so that if if we do find okay that the the right next step for you is an internal transition to your key employees. Okay, well then we got to start upskilling those employees. You know, they're in the case of you know our automation clients, they're probably engineers who you know don't really have much formal business training. So maybe they're going to need to go back to school. Maybe you're going to have to put them some, through some other trainings. And the same thing kind of uh, comes out if it finds that yeah you're going to be looking for an outside investor. Well, let's start discussing who those potential investors could be, what the pros and cons are of each side. Uh, and so that then by the, as you're planning for that, you can make sure you're addressing the things that they're going to find important in their financials and your operations and all those kinds of things. So um, no, it's, I, I'm glad you kind of answered it that way. Cause that's, that's in line with a lot of the things we've been talking with clients about uh, as well. Well, it can make for a really exciting and more smooth transition when you do decide. Mm-hmm. I was just in a meeting this morning with um, one of our portfolio companies who made an investment in another founder-owned business to join the family of companies. And it went extreme. It's their six weeks in and it went extremely well because they felt like they'd already been working together for a year, even though the transaction closed six weeks ago. And yep. everybody feels really excited about it. So that it, it really works. You know, and, and this this wasn't on our original outline, but just because you mentioned it, and I've I've got your uh, your website up here and looking at the team, um, that's another benefit really that I see to you know some of the the financial sponsors is that that knowledge that you're bringing to the table uh, to maybe help. And you know, I I had a call with uh, with Corey Peterson from your office a, a few weeks back, and and you know the fact that. A lot of these small to mid-sized business owners are struggling with business problems. And unless they've got a friend who's an entrepreneur or they belong to, you know, like a Vistage group or something like that, they don't have a lot of peers to work with. So that's something else that, uh, that you know, a, a family office or private equity brings to the table too, right? Is the, the ability to come in and say, you're struggling in this area with your bookkeeping or your accounting. We can help you with that. We can help, you know, standardize some of that and, uh, and then it's it's kind of the dual benefit of the investor gets a more valuable company and the business owner gets someone to help them oh, address yeah, those problems sure. they've had. A, that's what we like. We Everybody talks about it, this thought partnership. But mm-hmm. when it really works and, you know, we, we use a we use what we call a pull model instead of a push model. So we don't come in and say first hundred days, here are all the things we say. Here's the here's what we've helped people with in the past. If you guys think we can help, call us and sh- inevitably. We're talking all the time and it's <laughs> friends and you can really have a great partnership and, and add a lot of value that way, both on both sides. No, that's great. So um, you mentioned early on kind of some of the, you know, the specifics you look for, right? Revenue sizes, things like that. What are some of those intangibles? You know, when you're when you're out talking to a prospective company, some of those things, what are the things you're looking for in that arena? Yeah, really good question, because, of course, there's the financial parameters um, and business models that that we evaluate, but for us, it's a lot more critical to have strong alignment with the founder and management team around the philosophies for how they intend to, or we intend to collectively grow the business and support the business, and the strategic aspirations that we collectively have for the future. I mean, in a lot of respects, 
it's like a marriage. You know, you want to <laughs> date and then you want to, you know, you want to align through a transaction and, and can work really closely together to become a resource and sounding board. And, um, you know, you want to be able to find that great partner. We, we feel the same way. Uh, and it's really about, it's a lot of it about, about the people. Uh, we recently made an investment in a really great business for predominantly that same reason, the cultural and, and uh, philosophical alignment around growth strategy, uh, thermal systems. It's a control systems integrator and automation solutions provider focused on district energy, life sciences, and mission critical end markets. You know, they've got an immense opportunity to grow organically as well as inorganically, you know, leveraging our experience and support to invest in smaller businesses that can help grow a family capital platform in the automation space. And it's that those types of, of opportunities and the alignment that we create on the front end that allows us to do something that feels pretty special. So that, that's how I describe what we're looking for beyond just the blocking and tackling of the financials. No, that's fantastic. That's that's great. So, so Emma, I guess last question here, and I ask this of, of all, all the guests that come on, but um, if someone's listening to this and, and this kind of piques their interest and they want to learn more, what's the what's the best way to, to get a hold of you and the team over at Carlson? So I think we put our emails and our phone numbers on our website. So I, I would probably direct you there. It's uh, carlsonprivatecapital.com, C-A-R-L-S-O-N, privatecapital.com. And my name is Emma Gergen. I'd welcome a conversation, an email, or a phone call anytime. Awesome. Well, Emma, thank you so much for the uh, for the time today. And we will speak again soon. Super. Thanks for having me. Have a great afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to like us, subscribe, and share on social. To learn more about Clayton and McCurvey, visit us at claytonmccurvey.com. That's C-L-A-Y-T-O-N-M-C-K-E-R-V-E-Y.com. We thrive on finding the solutions for you.